What happens when your passion and skill combine, pulling you in a direction different than the path you headed down? And I said, okay, this job is just not for me. So they were they brought someone else in and I was training them. And it was this aha moment for me that I was the happiest that I had been this entire job training this person who was gonna take me, literally replace me. What lessons can we learn from truly enjoying what it is we do in the world of work? literally like a generation of confident children. They're going to grow up to be confident people. And confident people lift each other up. They don't bring each other down. They don't hate on each other. The founder of Rooks to Cooks, Chef Che, shares with us her story in this episode. This is the Accidental Apprentice Podcast with your host, Adam Melnick. Welcome to, for what's still now called the Accidental Apprentice Podcast, where the name changes, <laughs> as you may or may not have heard between this and a couple of the previous episodes. And I'm joined by Chef Shay Mandel. Yes, that's right. It, yeah. And you are the, by definition, I'm going to say, founder and president of Rooks to Cooks. I am. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, it was a good guess because I'm really bad with titles. I'll walk into these rooms and, and have these conversations and I'm like, oh, were they an ED, a CEO, a president? What were they? So I just oh kind of go with I it. I don't care. Yeah. I'm just figuring it out. You know, like. But there is someone on the other side who's going to be like, what was her title again? Oh, yeah. True. There is. Uh, yes. I guess you can say that I'm, de- I'm definitely the founder and the president. And uh, at least the title that I go with in this company is lead chef or. In, when I'm on the ground floor with the kids, I'm the lead chef. I'm the chef they, that they look up to, or that's the one chef that's calling all the, the, the you know, calling all the calls, right? <laughs> telling them what to do. In a kitchen, it's almost like what's weird is that the business is a dichotomy between kitchen culture and and education. Hmm. So when we're on the ground floor with the kids and we're teaching them, all of our programs, there is that kitchen culture. There is that um, expected respect that they must give to the chef. Uh, just like we do in the in the industry, where yes, chef, no chef. That's how they that's how they talk to us. Um, if some people are off put by that, but my perspective in that whole matter is that's discipline environment is a safe environment, mm-hmm. and we're working with high risk equipment with our students. And there's kids as young as six holding knives and working with gas burners. So the environment that we build at camp and why we even kind of use this parallel with the kitchen environment is for from a safety perspective, but it's also a respect perspective. Like we respect the kids and it's just uh, a verbal affirmation for the same respect that they have for us. And it's also like, yes, chef and no chef, when we ask them questions, it's really easy for us to know if they understand it because they're, yes, chef. And if you hear the one no, you're like, okay, well, I have to repeat the safety rule or I have to show them this demo again. So that's kind of the cool thing about this business. But I'm so excited to talk to you for so many reasons. <laughs> aside, <laughs> from, aside from Rooks the Cooks, which, I mean, there's just the name. There's the actual program, the explosion, because, I mean, yes. you're in your third year now. This is three and a half, yeah. Three and a half and, years. Yeah. You yeah. have 10 locations. Like this is, this is 12 this year. 12. We had 10 last year. Yeah, so here yeah. you go. Yeah. So there's some there's some real conversations to really engage in here. And this is, uh, as a teaser for everybody, this is not where you started. You know, one of the things we spent a lot of time on the show trying to get to the bottom of, and you mentioned it on the concept of career versus job. And I look at culinary, I look at kitchens, and people often refer to kitchens as jobs. Yes. And that is so wrong because I have yeah. seen some amazing careers. And so I want to dig into all that stuff. So I'm going to yeah. back this truck up. Okay. And uh, basically, what is Rooks to Crooks? <laughs> Rooks to Cooks. Cooks. See, I'm bad at that. We're not trying to create crooks here. Let's we start wanna... again. 
<laughs> so what is Rooks to Cooks? What is Rooks to Cooks? That. Well, that's a hard question. That's a loaded question. Um, Rooks to Cooks from a business standpoint, because that's the easiest to answer, sure. <laughs> is honestly right now, you know, we have 12 locations of children's cooking camps across the GTA. Um, all of them, their own entities, almost like a franchise, but head office controls it and uh, distributes our materials and so on. Um, we are moving into the direction of in-school programming. So we're going to be offering in-school workshops where we set up in a gym and we run maybe four to five sushi workshops for classes. And these, these workshops align with the curriculum. You know, I just was speaking the other day about a teacher who wants to do a language, a language workshop where it, they're doing procedural writing right? And what we're teaching them sushi. And it just makes complete sense to me to infuse education with cooking. Yes. I think it's the best way to really have kids connect the dots and it's fun and it's useful. So why not? Right. But that's what's Rooks to Cooks is right now. Okay. From a business standpoint, you know, we are the camps and we are going into the schools. And, uh, and you do a few other things. I mean, we're going to we talk do, on the business model. I, I noticed there Little was... services here and there. Hmm. Something you need to know about me is like when I want to do something, I do it right and I do it as good as I possibly can. So right now the business, like we are, we've perfected the camp model. The camp model is very, very strong. It, the program itself is always developing and improving because that's integral and just the person I am. But next big step like we're not doing a little bit here and it's like the next big step is the in schools and we'll do some birthday parties which we do and we do some in private uh, in you know in home private um, classes and lessons we'll always do that because i want to make sure that we're offering the people what they want and being flexible about our programming because it's an opportunity to be creative mm -hmm. and learn about what could be i guess capitalized on um, if more people want it well i think there's a really interesting piece there too is is and maybe you can get into this if it's yeah. intentional or not, but the piece about doing in-home and doing stuff at school, I love it. Coming I to the absolutely people. love it because there is a, we look at these conversations that are being had across, you know, our province's country, heck, the continent, engaging youth on skill trades, engaging youth on career options and trying to open their minds. They get these great ideas. They get little fires ignited. Maybe there's some passions that they didn't know they had and all of a sudden they have a new interest. They go home have a conversation with mom and dad or whoever the parent and guardian influencer is in that case. And they have the conversation and it's just squashed. It doesn't even make it past like the, the opening That's of like bad. dessert yeah. uh, dinner. Sorry. You don't get to dessert with it. And, uh, I meant to have a pun in there. So anyways, they, um, <laughs> and the kids feel squashed. They feel, they feel beaten because it, it made sense to them all of a sudden for a moment. And the parents are like, well, you're too young to make that decision or go to university first. We'll figure it out and blah, 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 blah. But, one of the really cool things I was thinking about while I was just getting ready to set us up and, and get into this conversation with you was I was looking at some of the stuff that you guys were doing uh, over and above my initial research. Mm -hmm. And I realized the at-home party thing. And I'm like, man, like, yeah. like I know my daughter's interested in becoming a baker. I mentioned to you before. Amazing, yeah. And so it's so fun we do that together. Like, And I'm just, I'm rubbish. My wife's great. I'm not. And we just try. And as long as we're participating and embracing, like I watch that little fire burn, right? Mm -hmm. That drive and even if she does not end up doing it that's a skill that she will use to grow and develop so it's just a good 100%. thing right and yes. so there's that i was just thinking about the fact that like the at-home pieces i mean how great would it be your kid comes home and tells you they're really interested in culinary and then all of a sudden you know they reach out and get a hold of you guys and bring you in as a family do it together i mean yeah. oh my god it's like a it's like a hallmark moment for a television show but it's <laughs> it's it's there that's exactly what it is all about the in-home stuff and that's what was literally 
like going back about the business, the first question, like, what are we, who are we, what's Rooks to Cooks? Yes. It began with me going into people's homes and sitting down with them and saying, what are your learning goals here? Like, I'm lucky that I have the background as a teacher mm-hmm. um, and I have the passion and the knowledge and the skill as a chef. So to combine them to coming into people's homes and saying, okay, what's your learning goals here? And then developing curriculum that actually will get them from where they are now to where they want to be and beyond. Um, and coming into the homes and interacting with the families, like the whole, the best part about this business for me and for everyone who's, I think is involved can agree, food brings people together and knowledge is meant to be shared. That's what this whole business is built on the foundation of. And uh, going into people's homes and being with the families and getting to know them and hearing what they're doing, what they're passionate about, building relationships. All of those clients that I had are dear to my heart and people I still stay in contact with and are some people who now have kids who are enrolled in my camps. And it's really cool. And uh, and that's why I won't ever eliminate that side of the business. I'm just waiting for the perfect moment. And when we are big enough to the point where I can make it a larger service that we can bring to people. Because right now, it's not as affordable as a, of an option of all the other options that we offer. So I can't hit the world with it. I can only hit a select few. Okay. So that's why we're moving, moving in the, tra- you know, the trajectory we're going with right now with the camps and then in schools. I'm moving towards being able to offer these programs at an affordable price for kids who are maybe on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of you know, household income, but also the people who are higher on the end of the you know, household income. That's, that's what's important to me right now. You talked about growing into the 12 locations and how you've grown into this piece for the schools and all that. So how did, how did you start? How did you start this? And we're going to slowly step back because it's going to be <laughs> neat because we're going to you're going to see this uh, zigzag curve, I think, kind of moving away from where we are right now. And it's going to surprise you. So, yeah. So, like I said, in home. So let's go back because okay. honestly, is it easier to go to the beginning? It's easier to go to the beginning. Sure. It's easy. And almost I'm like one of those people like I'm a procedural person. I so know. And I was killing you. I got to start with like you can't jump to the souffle. You have to start with the eggs. So okay. um, with us, with me, which is weird because I'm not really don't love talking about myself, but. With me, I always had an affinity for teaching. I love sharing knowledge. I'm a very passionate person. I'm like an all or none kind of individual. So when I'm passionate about something, I want to tell people, I want to get people inspired. I want them to do it. Yay, love this, right? right? Um, so that just always with me, down to like when I was a kid. I was like the 10-year-old the who was inviting friends over and having dinner parties. Like I was weird, but at the same time, like people gravitated towards me, I think because of my personality and because I fed them. So that's just kind Those of two I'm... good things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so the teaching was very real for me and the cooking was very real for me at a very young age. I remember making my own lunches and snacks when I was like seven. Oh, my parents like the... must have loved you. They didn't even eat my food. They're like health nuts. And my mom is like this like weird person who only eats baked potatoes. And my sister's a vegan. So my my outlet was never my family. It was always friends. And that's kind of why food is such a social thing for me. And why this business is built on the foundation that food is such a social thing. Um, but yeah, like I said, making food a young kid, making food for people, bringing, together, bringing people together over food, that was always real. So after high school, when I did some co-op stuff, and vol- I was volunteered with kids, loved kids, loved teaching kids. Um, I kind of put two and two together in my career as a chef. Because after high school, even before high school, I started working in kitchens when I was 14. And loved it. Thought it was so fun, even though I was working crazy hours and on my feet the entire day. Um, 
loved it and then always was going to go in the trajectory of university I chose to go into kin because kin and science and I love science science and cooking makes so much sense to that me. does yeah um and I find it super interesting so kin made sense and I care about nutrition and I care about being physical so that was like the science the way to be sciencey but at the same time being you know physical and nutritionally like yes right um while I was in kin I was still working in the industry and cooking and then um, pretty much it was, it was in Kin that I had this job in the summer and I was, I was uh, working for a kosher catering company making so many matzo balls I wanted to just blow my brains out, right? Like, so I actually started dreaming about matzo balls. <laughs> and I said, okay, this job is just not for me. So they, were, they brought someone else in and I was training them. Okay. And it was this aha moment for me that I was the happiest that I had been this entire job training this person who was going to take re- literally replace me right and it was literally like light bulb like it's so cheesy and, and people say it on no, podcasts, we have those but moments. now i'm saying it yeah <laughs> it was a light bulb i was like i want to teach people how to cook so this was like i think almost done kin and i was like okay great this is what i'm gonna do so after kin i went to teachers college i was always the plan but in teachers college i wanted to utilize my opportunity and i implemented kids after school programs and some some like cooking clubs and stuff like that. And even as a math, science, and phys ed teacher, because that's what I was, those were my teachables, I was trying to bring in as much food and cooking as possible into those lessons. We're teaching fractions, I'm bringing food. You know, we're teaching like science, I'm talking about food. So um, yeah, in all of my lessons, I was infusing food. And then but now I had this cooking club. And not only was it the best, because obviously at this point, at this age, I'm like trying to figure out where I want to go and like back to your career exploration. Like this has always been the mindset and I've been very lucky that I had a family that's very supportive about whatever I wanted to do. Um, not everyone has that privilege. So really now I'm just having fun and exploring and I'm realizing, yes, this is exactly where my heart's at and I absolutely love doing this. But two, holy moly, there is a desperate need for this. Oh, wow. Okay. Because the kids that were coming through my programs had no concept whatsoever about food and cooking. And uh, I think at that moment, I it was beyond what I want to do with my life and more, this is absolutely necessary. It needs to be brought to the world. Mm. We need to do this. It needs to happen. I can't allow this to continue. They're grade seven and eight students and they haven't seen a pepper whole. That's a really big problem. It's like mind-blowing for us, but it's true. And, and um, at least... At that moment in time, I really understood the importance of what I could do with this now, like, aha. Uh-huh. And okay. uh, and then it was a matter of how am I going to do this, aha. Uh-huh. And how did that start? I mean, how did you sit down and say to yourself, okay, so I'm just going to actually just force my way into schools and make them cook. I'm going to teach them how to cook. I'm just That's where I'm going to end up. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird because I, I'm a big believer, like, I'm a really social person and and I build relationships really easy. So for me, it was always a matter of, it was just like, it kind of happened. Like I'm just meeting people and, and talking and I got teachers on board who believed in the vision. I didn't even really have to try it. You just have to bring them in for a moment and see the kids having a great time and actually learning and writing me notes. Like in, we're in my office here and you can see like I have all these like little notes around me because it reminds me now as this like business owner person who's on my computer like getting bored and not teaching i'm like this is why this is it's a reminder that this is why i do what i do right um and it is yeah so pretty much 
you were asking me like how did it all come to be it's at, at that point I knew I wanted to do this I knew I wanted to bring something to the world that was a you know revolved around kids cooking education and then it was like okay how and what so I went on Google and searched, okay, and I was in Waterloo at the time because that's that's where I was going to school and I was working most of my career sh like sh as a chef was in Waterloo and Guelph region, and I was thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? So I Googled like literally kids cooking, and then all of a sudden, boop, pop up, and there was a kids cooking camp in that area, so I said, okay, I got to work here, right? I got to work here. I got to see what's up with this. It it makes sense to me. Kids are off in the school, like they're off from school in the summer. And as a teacher, I know in order for kids to really absorb the information, mm -hmm. they need to be in really in something for a period of time. A week is a good amount. And especially if you do it right, they can really learn a lot. So, okay, duh, summer camps. Let's do it. Got a job. I was leading their camps. I wrote all the curriculum for the program for that summer. It was an endeavor. I had 36 kids running around. It was the first time I like really did this job and managed a bunch of kids at once while managing a team. It was it was really insane. It was very crazy to be and honest. And you're doing that under somebody else's model as well, right? <laughs> Someone else's model, and that uh, was the biggest problem for me. It, at least in the job, I was trying to execute something that was within someone's limitations with 36 kids let's repeat that 36 yeah, like we have crazy. a max of 20 kids and that's from 15 like over time i realized 20 is a good number i think we can that's still really manageable right while being able to open up the program to a couple more kids right. because we were so selling out and kids weren't getting in so you know a couple more why not um but 36 is too much in my opinion oh it's insane yeah we had a one to one to eight staff to student ratio for me we're one to five that's way better. Yeah. Way and that's excluding better. volunteers. I just want the kids to have a really exceptional experience. In my opinion, that, that model didn't allow for that. But, you know, to each their own. Um, after I worked there and I learned what not to do and what worked well, of course, I appreciated learn the learning experience. I then took the model to Toronto where I, I in all honesty, be, me being the transparent person I am, I communicated this to this individual at the time of getting this job. So I have intentions of opening a cooking school in Toronto, similar to your model. This is me, and then we did it. Yeah. Um, so that's what happened. Came to Toronto, did a me version of summer cooking camps, and then uh, had one location, ran it myself. The response was wild. Um, I really hope you come to a pop-up restaurant this summer because it's amazing. And I like food. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> come, come <laughs> eat. Uh, and then after that, like going back to kind of what you and I were talking about before, we I wanted to now expand. Yeah. And in order to have multi locations, I needed to have a head office. In order to have a head office, we did the math, and I needed to have ten locations. That's logical to so just jump to ten. Yeah, oh yeah, logical for sure. <laughs> More like crazy. It yeah. was. It was nuts. But the good news is we executed. Mm -hmm. It was really crazy maybe a little bit of PTSD from the experience, but like at the end of the day, it was really uh, amazing because in my opinion, I can never do anything that will be harder than that. So now moving forward with the business, like I feel really ready to take it where it's going to go. So it's amazing jumping up to 10 locations became actually a foundation, not a risk. Because yeah. one of the things I was going to ask you about was, you know, why the risk? Why? I mean, let's be fair. Yeah. Let's back this up for a yeah, second. I mean, I there's people listening to this that would say, hold on a second. 
You got a bachelor's of art in kinesiology. <laughs> you were a teacher. You were working as a teacher. Yes. Okay, so that right away is already well, like... Well, I was never. I was always a student teacher. And student I actually teacher. forgot about culinary school. Okay, yeah, I well, I assume that had to be in there, but we'll get to that. Um, George Brown, right? Yes. Yeah, so we got a story afterwards for George Brown. Um, so anyways... So yeah, culinary school, George Brown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I mean, there is there is a, a professional accreditation there as well, folks. It isn't just she's took a passion, which I still wouldn't even had a problem with at that point in time. I don't think anybody should have, because <laughs> if you have a Thank skill you. to teach, which is already a thing, right? Yes. That a lot of people uh, strive to find. So, but I mean, look at this though. I mean, you're a student teacher. Um, judging clearly by the personality we're hearing here now and your affinity to, to give a damn about everything you do, yeah, you would have been a successful teacher easily. Yeah. You, you would have been employed. You'd be enjoying that lifestyle. Why the risk? Because I'm a very passionate person and I can't do anything. I, can't, I can only do things like extravagant, like I got to go all or none. So teaching and I used, I, what, like obviously reflecting, I used all of the stepping stones to get where I am for a purpose. Mm -hmm. So teaching was to learn how to be an effective teacher and learn how to build curriculum. That was what it was for me. And then obviously gain more experience working with kids, but I had already worked as a camp counselor. I already worked as a co-op student teaching. I already worked with kids with disabilities. I already had so much experience since I was 13. I was volunteering with kids. So it was just a more of a, how to be an effect, more effective teacher and how to build curriculum that Teachers College gave to me. And then culinary school, which came after that, was about, I knew at that point, that was after working for that other summer camp that I wanted to create a model. So I went to culinary school to learn what a, like their structure of how they structure culinary school. And still to this day, my programs are structured in the same way adult culinary school is structured. The kids learn a cooking demonstration and then they go and do it. And it's... Whoa, okay, so I want to get into that then. Yeah. So do you find, I mean, especially because your background as an, as an educator, um, do you find when you teach children the same way you would teach adults under some of those same, I, mean, I would call it say same styles or same, same lesson plans, are you finding it to be more effective? Like, I'm not trying to call it your teacher colleagues or the curriculum or anything like that. I'm not trying to do any of that. But what I'm trying to get mm-hmm. to is that I've seen it myself as a parent who tries to take some some solid interest in, in getting my kids to advance a little bit here and there. And when I teach them similar to how I would an adult with that, and I'm talking about like the respect, the communication, the, you know, somebody's got to fill some gaps in, but that level, yeah, um, I'm finding the response to be really good. It always is. Like yeah. kids aren't, what really annoys me the most about everything in this world is is that people, mostly adults, put kids in a little box and even by saying kids, like the listeners could agree, like when you hear the word children, you hear the word, you know, kid, you automatically assume something. You have this assumption that this individual, this kid, this child is going to only be this, mm-hmm. right? That's what makes me so excited about my program is that it debunks everything that you think a kid's going to accomplish. So, you know, the pop-up restaurant that we have at the end of the week, it's literally like a Friday night restaurant downtown with all the employees as children it is it's legitimately that you know we have a three-course meal we put on the kids are cooking everything from scratch they're putting out like cooking things to order they're plating it they're serving it the hosts have a seating chart the servers are telling you what's in all the food and they're very polite and they're proper about it all like because kids can do it they're just smaller people Mm -hmm. and i maybe that's why i've always had a good connection with kids because i don't treat them like children i treat them like people Hey, they don't come with half the baggage. No, exactly. And they're so open to learning yeah. and they have no fear yeah. for the most part. Yeah. And, uh, 
That's why they're sponges. And they build confidence better. Mm -hmm. They don't have the things holding back confidence. They're still just working on building it in some cases. Yes. So it's always so much nicer to to have it. And I mean, here we are talking about the ease of it in some cases where people think it would be incredibly hard. But um, it's it's important to identify these these things because we do – pigeonhole or you know streamline or put people in boxes way 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 too much yes and uh, in doing so it's it's you know we're we're casting our own opinions or feelings or thoughts about ourselves onto others right the thing that kills me i think i posted it the other day was uh or i have a sound clip that's coming out basically is like when when will we realize that the goals of the parents are not the goals of the child it never has been for like the history of time. When, when it, we somehow in 2019, we're still doing this. Yep. Parents are still telling their kids that, no, no, you need to go do this. Well, did you do it? Yeah. Are you happy? Not really. <laughs> yeah. Why am I doing it? Yeah. Oh so, uh, okay. Okay. We'll digress. Um, oh, but also um, just to like even speak more, my, my whole philosophy and like literally the mission of the company is to teach kids, not even teach kids, forget that, but like, inspire kids to want to be and be actually independent Mm -hmm. to be self-sufficient to help them build their confidence and to find themselves through cooking yeah i saw i read your mission statement and i was really blown apart that's why we exist yeah because you didn't put in there like to make these chefs or to make these no they're gonna learn how to cook like that is a given they're gonna come through a program they're gonna learn how to cook they're gonna cook better than you and they're going to be actually a contributing factor of the family like paint a picture for you for a second. Your child comes to camp, they learn how to cook. Now you give them responsibility. And when you come home from work, all of your mise en place is prepared for you for dinner. Now you're not slaving at the kitchen saying, oh my God, it's so hard for me to cook food at night, which it is for working parents. I get it. Mm-hmm. But use your kids. Mm-hmm. Make Give them responsibility. <gasps> Look at the life skills they just got. Yeah. Now they're self-sufficient. They won't starve <laughs> yes. to death. No, and yeah. they can be contributing factors to the family. Yes, it's not Mr. Noodles and like... no. Pizza pockets for college. They'll actually eat food when they decide to exactly. leave home. Exactly. Yes. But also, my philosophy is like the reason and the root for why so much bad exists in the world and why we treat mistreat each other as people, adults, kids, bullying, whatever, is we're not confident individuals. We're insecure. If you build a, a you know, a community or even a, literally like a generation of confident children, they're going to grow up to be confident people, and confident people lift each other up they don't bring each other down they don't hate on each other they don't perpetuate hate they are actually great and honestly like i we're gonna have 2300 students this summer and that's just this summer so i do actually believe that we are going to do some good with this program and this company i'm adamant on it and i've seen it it happens which is really exciting something i want to dig into a little bit here because there are people that are interested in the world of culinary mm-hmm. and they're interested in the world of food and they it could potentially be a career um you had you have worked in kitchens you had studied yes. you've done that you see you've seen the the good the bad and the ugly yep um what are some of the misconceptions you think that are out there around the, a career in food okay common misconceptions the industry is a giant umbrella term industry does not mean restaurant chef like let's be clear on that there are many different jobs in the industry you could be a baker which is an industrial breaker. You can be an industrial baker. You can go in there and bake 100 million baguettes. Or you can be an uh, artisan baker, you know, baker where you're at a small bakery making you know, rustic, hands, hands uh, full, like handmade baked goods. You can be a restaurant chef. You can be a chain restaurant chef. 
You can be, um, you know, like I was at the kosher catering company where making a million matzo balls. Like you can do that too. You can do large scale production. Um, You can do recipe testing. You can do so many different jobs that let capitalize on a million different skills. Like for example, recipe tester. If you're a sciencey, nerdy kind of like person who likes writing, you can be a freaking recipe tester. You can be a recipe writer. You can be a recipe blogger. Like the industry is massive now and there's so many different sectors of the industry, including education. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people that I'm interviewing with these days are chefs who have really you know, incredible f- potential to be educators and I'm turning them into teachers. So like you could be a culinary instructor and that can be your goal as an individual who loves food, who has a personality, who has a passion. You can cook for a while, learn the skills like I did and then be a culinary instructor and share your knowledge and have a lot more meaning to your work. So after you're, tw- you know, in your early 20s, maybe even late teens, you have the energy for these 14-hour, 12-hour days, but now you're not. You don't have an energy and you want a family. You can still have that by creating the career you want in the industry. And that's another thing. Listeners, like, learn, like, just kind of take a page out of my book, I guess. But, like, if you don't have, if there's not a job out there that you love and that you want, make it. Make your job. Go for it. Happy, like We are an innovative time in the world. Mm-hmm. You can make whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Make the job happen. You could do a part-time this, part-time this, or you can start your own company, or you can start your own program, or you can work six months of the year doing this, and then six months of the year. Like, you literally have the f- your future in your hands. Take ownership of it. Make it happen. You can make it happen. Absolutely. I wanted, I wanted to talk about the stereotype a little bit there, and I think you debunked a lot of that right out of that conversation. So, you know, one, I've heard this stereotype from some folks that when they hear of their, their kids or someone they know want to get into the world of food, they go, oh, you have to work every holiday and you're going to have to work 16 hours a day and you're going to have to get up at three o'clock in the morning if you're going to be in the baking world or if you're going to be in the, the restaurant world. You're yeah. gonna, so it's basically, um, maybe I can try to summarize this, maybe you'll correct this, I'm yeah. sure of it, is that the the subject of the stereotype is often just what people see in their own little lives, right? So if they go to the grocery store, the same, so many restaurants, and that's what they see, that's what they assume where people cook and would fit. And they don't see anything bigger than that. Like the restaurants at the tip of the iceberg. That's what's like, that's what's on TV. That's what's like, wow, be a chef. Yay. Like that's what's kind of celebrated. Mm -hmm. But like, there's some like the industrial side of cooking and the industry isn't really showcased as much. And those are actually the jobs that are more like nine to five, mm-hmm. right? If working 12 to 14 hour days doesn't work for you, that doesn't mean you can't be a chef. And that's another thing. Like there's all this like definition of what a chef is. Like I was working in the industry for nine or 10 years before I started this company. Am I a chef? Well, who cares what other people think? Like I do identify as a chef for my own reasons because yes, I'm skilled and knowledgeable in the culinary arts, but it's more because to me, being a chef is all about the, really the, the, the why behind it. And it's, it's bringing people, people together over food and spreading joy and love through food. That's me as a chef in a nutshell. So those of you, and I'm sure I'm gonna get haters being like, oh my gosh, not a chef. I don't care what you think. It's true. I, it doesn't matter what a definition is. No, it you doesn't. And this is too, I mean, we can harp on the year, but yeah. let's be the reality. In this day and age, those definitions and labels mean nothing. nothing. I know mean nothing. We are living in a society where people that they work, they've worked their lives to create credentials. The majority of them, as you've heard on this show, and you'll hear in more shows to come, 
most people have credentials that they don't even work in. Mm-hmm. And so the credentials provided them with skills and experiences to grow, but that didn't define who they were. They took that and who they were, much like what you're sharing with me today. Much along the way, you 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 kept developing yourself and developing skills, and your goal itself developed over time. But yeah, you, you, you cool use that one us. guiding light, and you just grow along. The the skill, like I don't know, the 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 labeling, I should say, is uh, secondary to the skill. The skill is what's required. And I mean, here we have a huge conversation, and I'm like, I don't segue very well often, and this was great. Um, <laughs> I just need to note it because my listeners would be like, "Hey, this is an actual segue." Um, <laughs> But with skills, I mean, this is a huge conversation right now around the missing skills, the skills gap. And I get into this one uh, a little bit differently. I look at the skills gap right now as you can call it soft skills, essential skills. Um, but I mean, the communication, the listening, the organizing, the you know, yeah. giving direction, taking direction, like these types of things. I think that's the skills gap in the industry in all industries I think everywhere well you know what and going back to like because I want to be able to provide actual tangible advice for your listeners especially if this is going to kids people are always struggling with like what they want to do what they want who they want to be their careers their jobs it's definitely a big endeavor and I want you all to know that this is something I struggled with when I was starting this company. It was like, who am I? What am I doing? And it's still questions that I have in my head. Like it is it doesn't end. But if you're in the position where you're you're you know you're maybe still in high school or you're leaving high school and now you have to start thinking about what you want to do, think about what you are good at and think about what are some tasks that you really not only excel at but really make you happy and does it feel like work? Think about that. Write them down. Okay. I like talking to people. I like I like writing things down. Like I like creating. I like all these different things. Whatever. Literally your list can be as long as the world. It doesn't matter. And then start thinking, okay, what are some jobs or careers or whatever that that involve these tasks? Mm-hmm. What are they? You can have 20, you can have 10, you can have one. It doesn't matter. Then before you start thinking about post-secondary education, because that's an investment, and in my opinion, if you're going to go into post-secondary education, you need to have a very clear reason why you're going into that post-secondary education. Like, if you're going to history, it's because you need this in order to get to the next stepping stone of where you want to be. It has to be a premeditated decision, not something because you just don't know what else to do. Because your time is way better suited doing something else, even if it's volunteering at a construction company because you think you're interested in construction. You are way better suited to spend that energy and time, which it won't cost you anything, just being in the environment and investigating whether or not this is something that you want to do. Because maybe five minutes into that, you say, oh my God, I want nothing to do with this. Or you're like, oh my God. This is so much better than I thought it was going to be. I'm going to do this for the next two weeks. And then two weeks go by. Oh, my God, I love it even more. And then and then three months go by. Oh, no, I can't do this anymore. Like, at least you're allowing yourself for that exploration, which is I love your name even more. I'm, like, falling in love with it, is because you need to explore. Mm-hmm. You do. And you have to. It's um, it's crazy. I'm starting to think you might have actually listened to all the episodes. So there was a bit <laughs> in there where you talked about the volunteering piece. It's something yeah. I've said many, many times where – I've listened to people tell me they want to be a lawyer or a doctor. And I'm like, you know, I really hope you take either your co-op opportunity mm-hmm. or if you can't, reach out and ask to go volunteer. And yes, the job will be remedial. It'll be coffee, filing, photocopying, garbage. It'll be very, very remedial. Yep. But you'll be in the environment. 
And you're yeah. going to see what the true day-to-day looks like, not what the television day-to-day looks like. Yes. And all of a sudden, you have a real snapshot to oh, 30 years of my life doing that. And you be, and if you even think that way, it's probably not what you want to do. No. So then you start to ask the question, and I, I love where you went with this, the idea of that, okay, so that's how that way is done in this particular office. So the real question you should ask yourself, you still might have an affinity or a skill towards it. Mm-hmm. You should ask yourself, can I do it differently? Yeah, for sure. Look, look where you are. Like, look what you're doing differently. And I mean, you can wrestle with, and I, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you identify yourself as a teacher who uses food to achieve the goals of what you're hopeful for your, your, your guests, your participants and your students? Hmm. Or are you a, you know, a chef who then uses her skills in teaching to transfer food? What do you think you identify with first? Okay identify as first because I would be being the person who just never ends up checking the box and doing something completely different. Oh, I see that a million miles away. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I ever, can you repeat? Can so you repeat? are you a, are you a, a teacher who's teacher using cooking who uses to accomplish? Cul- your, your passion and connection for culinary to accomplish these long-term goals for your students and participants? Or are you a, a chef culinary person who uses her background in teaching to accomplishes accomplish the same goals. We we can agree the goals are the same. Okay. That is such a hard question to answer. I would honestly like I don't know. Maybe Are both. you just a merge of the two? I'm the merge of the two, but what where I really who I really am, I guess. This is a lot of like this I, I'm really appreciative of these questions cuz I'm not things that I think of very often. Thank you. I usually think of others before I think of myself. It's a show. I'm someone who just wants to spread joy and love in anything I do and I use my opportunities to do that but I guess through saying all of this maybe a teacher more like a a teacher who's using cooking as a way but at the same time it's I love cooking (laughs) cooking I don't know okay this is excellent so it's a load of of question (laughs) yes so the reason I did that is I just wanted to to examplify something that I've seen uh interviewing guests in my my career yeah it was okay uh we get too caught up in trying to label and identify things yeah so and i knew you wouldn't i I knew you wouldn't have an answer i I knew you wouldn't just listening to our conversation i knew you would and um it was a real risk because i was worried like oh crap she's gonna say it really quickly so i'm glad you didn't um but what i'm getting at is um that it's unnecessary yeah it's unnecessary because yeah. not identifying with either one of those categories which most people on the other end of this podcast probably would have done they would have put you one or the other mm-hmm. uh in their mind and i mean that's their perspective but other people's perspectives are not necessarily really important uh and your own perspective that that can be sometimes limiting right and right away yes. you didn't want to put yourself in a box because you've done all these things otherwise and what i really want to get this message through to anyone listening is that you do not need to put yourself in a box you do not need to fit inside of a norm Mm-mm. to make other people feel satisfied if you don't feel comfortable there do not put yourself there yeah and you and, and you you would not put yourself there in this podcast which is so simplistic I was like, could not commute yeah i thought you're gonna walk away you're like screw this <laughs> i can't but it's just it's a really neat little experiment i try to get with some folks who, who are especially uh doing such innovative and unique things um Thank i you. throw that out there and and uh, it's, I appreciate uh, that. yeah, sorry about the struggle. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, back to the, the typical, I really don't give people much to prep on this show. So the fact that people keep coming on is amazing. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know it. what? It's uh, like, I'm grateful to even have the opportunity because this is something new for me. And uh, like I said, like you asking all these questions, which is not you, I'm not used to this is f- honestly making me realize that I'm, I'm just, I really appreciate what I'm doing. And I think that 
uh, what we are doing as a business is really good for the world. And it's these kinds of opportunities. Like, it's great that, yay, that I'm doing something great, you know? So let's let's get into a few more little questions I got left. I love this. I love it so much. I mean, this could be a really long podcast, so I better be careful. Um, how did you come? Rooks to Crooks. Yeah, Rooks to Crooks. I know, and I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Rooks, Rooks to cooks. cooks. Okay. And okay, the thing yes. is, I have to edit these, and so I think I will get those. So no problem. Rooks to cooks. Yeah, Rooks to cooks. How did you come up with that? Okay. Rooks, as in rookies, like people are starting okay. out from a certain point in time, and the people coming into our programs. That are was my bet. Rookies, yeah, like yeah. you're rookies at this whole activity, right? Mm-hmm. By the end of this experience, you're going to be a cook. Yeah. So rooks to cooks, as in I wanted a name that was going to take you from point A to point B, because in my program. If you don't leave with actual skills and confidence and just feeling like, yeah, I can, I am a cook, like I can do this, then I haven't done my job. No, I love it. Yeah. And I, I know there's people listening going, you didn't get that. No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> people think rooks as in like chess. The only person I identify with is... they see the is, knives and they're like, wait, what? There you go. So the only yeah. person I ever identify with is Captain Obvious because I miss everything. <laughs> so um, my kids are probably laughing, but they don't listen. Uh, no. So... You kind of touched on some of your long-term plans. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you've got coming soon that people could dig into that might be coming soon they might want to take a look at? Well, the in-school workshops, the in-school school. after-school programs. Yeah. Like, I'm so excited by these because, um, you know, one, we're coming into the schools. We're coming to you guys. Now you don't have to come to camp. You don't have to, we don't have to do it in your home. Like, we are coming to you. Um, obviously, we have now, we're going to, our reach is going to go crazy. Like we have 2,300 kids this summer for camps. That's a limit in my opinion. Okay. We can only have 2,300. That's it. Because that's all the spots we got. You're full. Right? And yeah, we are filling, which is great. And I don't, we're going to be, we're going to be full. We're going to have 2,300 kids. It's the, it's the schools. I can hit, you know, we can have 100, 120 kids in a day, in a day. So when you think about how many days are in a school year, like that's what excites me is the ability to bring this education and knowledge and passion and excitement and skills mm-hmm. to that many kids in a year. Right. It's just really exciting. That's amazing. That's yeah. so cool. So where can everybody find your stuff? Where can so we find you? So come on our website. Yeah. Call me. I love talking to people. But be careful. Yes, I might talk for a while and we might be best friends by the end of it, but that's okay. Um, you know, where can we find, go on the website yeah. right now we're developing it. Cause this is going to be a new, I love you say that your website's a million times better than mine. You call it developing <laughs> anyways. Perfectionist. Remember yeah. high, high expectations. Um, for me, yeah, it's, we're going to be updating our website. Mm-hmm. I'm developing it in school brochure. So for anyone out there who are in the school world, teachers, principals, listening, like call me up, go on our website. We're going to have this brochure. We're going to have workshops listed there with prices, but also workshops that just typically align better with some curriculum over others. Like, yay to Teachers College. Thank you. Like, shout out. Um, Because now I can align this program, these programs with curriculum. Mm -hmm. So you can actually teach this content that you need to teach to your kids with using our workshops. That's awesome. You know. I'm just in my... My, my youngest right now would be like, can I do all of my school yes. that way? Probably. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah right? you probably could. You could, for yes. sure. And uh, and then also, even going back to the in-home stuff, like yeah. there's some a lot of people, there's a big, in uh, what's it called, homeschool community. Mm-hmm. So these in-school workshops and workshops can most definitely be used for those guys too. Right. Like 100%. Um, and then the after-school programs, they're going to be all these programs that are coming to the schools. You'll never get the same degree as our camps. Because in my opinion, our camps are the 
you know, culinary school for children in the summer. Okay. Right? We can't do that at the same level in school and in after school and in homes because we don't have the time to really work with the kids. At camp, we're cooking four to five recipes a day and putting on a full-scale restaurant by Friday. We have we have a timeline here. they got to figure out how to be chefs in four days, right? Wow. So in the in schools, we don't have the time. So the programs itself, like if you want to be like a chef and you're, you're thinking that that's what you're going to get out of the workshop, that's not the case. You're going to get an educational in, you know, experience through the art of cooking. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be a chef, if you if this is something that you're passionate about, even if it's something you want to try, still come to camp. Like the, so, I guess what it is all going to be, and the question was originally what I trailed off. I got too excited. I was just talking about what's coming up next. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> okay, well that's why it's exciting. Yeah, no. Yeah, um, what's coming up next is the in school workshops, yeah. the after school programs, and then after that, um, I'm going to be testing the waters for a permanent location. So. After that, I'll be probably, and that will go. It will happen next year too, where we're going to space share with someone, start offering public classes right. for adults. I want to be offering classes for people who are struggling with eating disorders who want to overcome that. I want to be offering classes for people who are caregivers for the elderly who don't know how to cook for a diabetic. I want to offer classes for kids with anxiety who are here to really overcome. Like, I want to be able to offer classes for individuals who are struggling with something, who can use cooking to heal. But I also want to offer classes to people who just want to have a good time and learn how to cook. Well, I'm glad I didn't ask for your long-range plans. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's three years. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, and so you're retiring at, like, what, 30? Well, semi retire when <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, 40 and then have a bed and breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I mean, honestly, and social media. Are you guys on social media? Yeah, we have Instagram, um, Facebook. I think we have a Twitter, but we don't really use it very often. We actually do, but yeah, we don't use it's it. It's remarkable. I say that too about Twitter, but Twitter is one of the most diligent resources for people to come to your podcast. Really? Yes. And oh. I use Instagram, which is like the least reliable. Oh. Yeah, tons of interactions, it's and they don't come to the show. Yeah, yeah, every business has its own, like I guess, platform. I can, I can pretend like I understand. Okay, so yeah. um, below show notes, I will have all this contact information and I've seen um, there's even a little bit of media you've got advertising mm-hmm. like Brooks Hooks, and so I'll have that stuff I'll put everything I possibly can drive it in there as well so we, we push the episode that way so I greatly appreciate it but any other final thoughts for people thinking about culinary before we uh, wrap this up like you, you got a group of kids sitting in front of you like what, okay. are you, what are you thinking well I think that culinary is a great just area and a great career a great place to be Um, as I said, like for me, culinary is all about making others happy, spreading joy through foods. I have met some of the most altruistic people in this line of work. We want to make people happy. We want to, you know, send a message through food. Like you can very well do a whole lot with it. It's not just coming to work, working long hours, cooking like a crazy person. You know, there's more to that. I will say that there's going to be more to anything that you want to do. Like you will find the deeper meaning of anything if you search for it, but first search like for yourself, figure out who you are. Going back to the big takeaways that I want listeners to really know is if you're struggling with figuring out what you want to do, which is, first off, you're not alone. Like, Welcome to all of us. Even adults, even me, even everyone. Like, everyone's in the same boat here. Look back, kind of scale back, figure out what you're good at, mm-hmm. what makes you happy, what kind of things do you like to do. And then start figuring out and just just namaste like and it doesn't even mean to chill but i use it like that it just just relax mm-hmm. and and just have fun with this exploration because it's fun try some stuff just try mess it up oh yeah yeah you're at that, it that, out. so i look at the age i'm at now which people will call mid-age 
you know, oh, you don't want to fail at that point. Why? This is so fun. Fail. Yeah. I wish I would have explored failing so much. Well, I did actually, but failing <laughs> is um, honestly, you learn so much from it. You really, really, truly do. Yeah. And I always feel bad for the people that get everything right all the time because eventually it catches up to you and well, then, then you get smacked yeah, in the face. That's when the midlife crisis comes in. You're like, whoa. What? Yeah, but Who no, I? and I and I really want to appreciate the fact too, I mean, again, for your time and your openness in this whole conversation and uh, I'm totally going to hook you back in as a guest again. Uh, but I really want to thank the fact that you identified that by saying to people, find something you're good at was the first thing you said. Not find something you like, something you love. No, 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 no. Let's be realistic. You're going to have a talent and you're going to have things you're not talented at. So find the thing you're talented at yeah. and, and see what that can develop into because yeah. this is a big misconception. This whole, the, you see it out there way too much now. Like find what you love, find what makes you, no, 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 please don't because mm -hmm. that's not a real job. You'll be living in your parents' basement when you're 35. Find a skill and then figure how that skill can be in something you enjoy yes. and appreciate. Yes. Guess what? You can Capitalize off your skills. Like, that's what's going to make you successful. Yeah, yes. and, and also like capitalize off your skills but even more so, just don't waste your energy trying to do something that you're not naturally, have a natural affinity for. Because that's, that's a waste of energy. Yep. Use that energy and invest it in what you're already good at or already like, because then you're going to be successful, number one, way quicker, but successful. Let's go to the definition of success. Success is not making a ton of money. No. Success is not even having necessarily a stable career. Like success is being happy, feeling fulfilled, not being bogged down by like putting yourself into something that is just not right for you. That is success. So if you want to be successful, prioritize what makes you happy, find what you're good at and invest your energy in that. I can't say anything better than that. Thank you so much for your time. This <laughs> is a fantastic you. episode, everyone. And uh, that's it. That's another episode of Accidental Apprentice Podcast. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you later.